This anointed teaching by Apostle David Muluzi is brought to you by God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church. We hope you have an encounter with God as you listen to this message. I am a soul winner. I am a contagious Christian. I positively influence and encourage everyone around me. I am a disciple maker. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church influences Sadek. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church fulfills a calling for this season. God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church has all the resources to meet the community's needs. We receive God's favor and men's favor. We have compassionate care for the needy. Constant prayer is our lifestyle. We bear much fruit. We are givers. We heartily worship God with our possessions. Christ's redemptive purpose is accomplished in Sadek. We see a thousand churches established in our lifetime. Sadek, the Lord God is your God, and you belong to God. I see Evangeli in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, we thank you that even as we have gathered here, Lord, you are the center of your church. It's all about you. And Father, we open our ears. We pray that you will enlighten our eyes. We pray that our spirits will be open unto you. Pray, Lord, that you will speak unto us. We pray that your word will bring transformation in our lives. And Father, for everything that you will accomplish through this word, we give you honor, we give you praise, we give you glory. And I thank you, dear God, for your covering upon me, Lord, even as I declare this word. I thank you that you're hiding me behind the cross and you're enabling me to declare it accurately, interestingly, powerfully, with the action of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you confirm this word with signs and wonders following. We thank you, giving your praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Declare it in this church. We are not only hearers of the word, but we are doers thereof. I'm going to listen to the word of God. And I'm going to do the word of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. You know, before, before I forgot, I haven't forgotten this call so I, I, I was thinking we'll do it after, after the message. Yeah, there's something that we need to, to talk about. I won't forget. Yeah? If I forget, remind me. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. You are loved. Amen. And you have a lover. Amen. You have a father. You have a king. Hallelujah. So tonight we're looking at this. I am loved, well-dressed, and honored. I am loved, well-dressed, and honored. Amen. Praise God. First Peter 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 6 and verse 7. Okay, yeah. Verse 6 says, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Just that last portion. Eh? Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Are you a believer? Do you believe in the Lord? Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So you will not be put to shame. Amen. Verse 7. So the honor is for you who believe. 
The honor is for you who believe. Fine, we can just read the whole, but that's what I want. For, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Okay? So the honor is for you who believe. And then quickly go to, go to verse 9 of this, the same. This is verse 7. Go, go to verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay? So, verse 6 says, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Verse 7 says, so the honor is for those who believe. And verse 9 talks of us as a chosen race, as a royal priesthood. Amen? So, if, if there is a honor in clothing, then it means there is disgrace in nakedness. Okay? The reason why we dress, the reason why we don't come to church naked, it's because it's a disgrace. So we need to be covered. We need to be dressed, okay? So it is so in the physical, right? And yet so in the in the spiritual, okay? And that is why immediately after, after you are born, your nakedness is covered. Eh? You are dressed. You are wrapped. Your nakedness is covered. There may be other reasons, like maybe trying to keep you warm and the like, but nakedness is not good. If you read, uh, 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 who's that man? Noah. Noah who, who got drunk and he was naked and one of his sons came and saw that he was naked and ran out and uh, exposed the nakedness of his father. But then the two who knew that nakedness was a disgrace, they went and covered the nakedness of their father. So we, we, we wrap ourselves or we clothe ourselves because of we cover naked, nakedness. You see, as, as, as you were growing up, Christmas. I don't know, the now generation will not understand what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I expect Leo to say that, not you. So if, if ever. <laughs> okay, so. What would happen? There would be these, these kids, ne? But status. Because of the way that they dressed. Probably the, the, the parents would be working. And then they would be coming by introducing fashion in the village. And then, hey, Swanban, hey, wapara. so and so wapara. And we would give him that honor because wabara. That status because wabara. As though Runa Nerisabari. Runa Agere will be in the village and uh, the only store Ellen available was sales house. <laughs> Christmas, I really five, six, rap, better, rock, white, one, 
Okay, so there are ways that raping is the, the reason why we are covered or why we are honored or why we cover things or why we cover like babies, okay? It could be to cover, okay, to cover nakedness, to keep warm and cuddled. After the baby is born, he'll held, she's held, or the baby, it's held close to the mother in a very affectionate way, yeah? The baby's embrace is, is loved closely. It's, it's, it's hugged tenderly, right? And it may be that we cover because we, we don't want unnecessary movement. Eh? If you see in a child, you try to cover winter and then she goes. Eh? And also in the, in the olden days or in the times of the Bible, they, they would have that wrapper or a robe or a tunic that they would just put on top and then at times you would have a portion where maybe they put their things, have a traveler, so that they don't, at the unnecessary movement, they will just wrap them there and cover them, okay? And sometimes you talk about uh, uh, when Jesus died, who's this man? Uh, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathy, eh? took the body of Jesus, just to give it a decency, and covered the body of Jesus before it was, it was buried, okay? Um, yeah, we can go on and on and on about the raping. Now, in the Bible, we read about it as a coat. We would find a coat or a robe or a tunic or a garment or a cloak. But it was a garment that was meant to cover, to dress. In some cases, the dressing was not just to cover but to honor the person. So as Christians, we have read that where the Bible says, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Eh? So the honor is for those who believe. So once you believe, God gives you that honor. God clothes you with honor. And that's why he calls you a royal priesthood. Amen. And I want us to go to the story, the story of Joseph. I know you know the story. Okay. Genesis 37. Genesis 37, and we read verse 1. Let's go down with it. Jacob lived in the land of his fathers, sojourning in the land of Canaan. Verse 2. These are the generation of Jacob, Joseph being set. 17 years old, was pasturing their flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bila and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. Verse 4. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully with him. Okay. So in the days of, J of, of who are we talking about? Joseph. Eh? 
in these days, everyone had a tunic or a cloak or a robe. So most tunics were, were just knee high. Eh? They would come up to, up to the knee. And most tunics were short-sleeved. Okay? And they were plain. That's just because it was a common thing. That's what everybody, everybody had. Okay? If you remember, if you read uh, uh, First Samuel, where Hannah, as, as, as Ellie was going, who was Hannah's, Hannah's husband? Elkanah. Elkanah was going uh, for worship because Samuel was staying with Ellie. The Bible says that Hannah would make him a tunic, a short-sleeved, plain, short tunic. So this was like a common that everybody used to wear. Okay? So, but here we read about Jacob giving Joseph a robe or making him a robe. And now you know Joseph was a dreamer. Okay? And because he was a dreamer, he was hated by his brothers. And every time maybe they would become naughty, Joseph would take a bad report to the father. So he was hated already. But now when Jacob made him a robe, and a special robe that wasn't just ordinary like all other robes, eh? it aggravated the hatred. Now when you look at, at uh, um, the robe, the Bible says it became a symbol of Jacob's favoritism. Jacob favored him because he was a son of his old age. So that robe represented his preferential love. He loved him more than all his brothers. So Joseph's prepared status angered the brothers. Their relationships were strained already. But now when they look at this robe, it made them even more angry. Now the kind of the robe that Jacob made to Joseph, the Bible says it was an ornamented robe. Eh? A long robe. Like you said, all other robes were knee length, but his was ankle length. It reached down there. So it was different. It was longer and it had sleeves. It had long sleeves. And it wasn't plain. It had colors. It was a robe of many colors. So you can imagine when the brothers looked at it to say, hey, the short sleeve, the short, uh, uh. but this one is good. A long sleeve, whatever you said, <laughs> he is fine. <laughs> so, Joseph, and that's why you find the story of Joseph is revolving around the robe. The robe, you know. Like, in this case, it was a robe with his brothers. And because they hated him, ultimately, they took that robe. They put him in the pit and then took the robe and, and put it in, 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 in the blood and took it to Jacob and check if this is your son. I mean, they've been living with him all along. They know the robe. And when they say to Jacob, check, perhaps this is your son's robe, you know. And later on, we realize when, when Jacob and Joseph went to Potiphar's house, 
It was also about the robe. When Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him, Joseph, as a hopeless prisoner and slave, yet Potiphar's wife took his garment. So the first garment was taken away, and this one was taken away also. But now, when the dreams came to pass, when now Joseph is out of prison, he has interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, and Pharaoh is astonished, and he looks at, at Joseph. Genesis 41. Genesis 41, verse 42, quickly. Genesis 41, 42. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. 43. And he made him ride in his second chariot and they called out before him, bow the knee. Thus he said him over all the land of Egypt. Next verse, thank you. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'm Pharaoh, and without your consent, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Next verse, thank you. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name, whatever he named him, and he gave him in marriage as another daughter of his Potiphar priest on. Right. So, look at it. Joseph now is rising to power. He is dressed with a long robe. He is given a signet ring. He's given a golden chain. He's given a chariot. He's given a wife. Now, he's clothed with honor. Pharaoh is like, you cannot, this is, this is Egypt. This is your land. Do whatever you want to do. I give you that honor. And to show that you are honored, I'm going to dress you. I'm going to put a robe on you. I'm giving you that honor. And not just that rule, but I'm going to give you a signet, signet ring. Now, the ring, especially the ring of the king, the royal, it, it talked about the royal authority. So that ring would be used, it's like, it's like the, the king's signature. Because this was what, what they were signing or, or authorizing letters with. So every time, like they, like they would say when the king, like, like last time we read about Esther, eh? that when he spread the word throughout all the provinces, he put his signet ring on the letters. In other words, that was his signature. So when Joseph was given the signet ring, it was like, Joseph, you can authorize anything that you want to. I'm giving you this. So you have a robe. You have a... <sighs> A, 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 a signet ring and then you can write on my chariot and on top of that he was he's a, this is a slave who comes from prison yet he marries the king's daughter so he was so much honored hallelujah story after story we get in there okay <laughs> 
So Joseph was given the chariot. Joseph was given that golden chain. Joseph was given that signet ring. And he was given that robe. And that was a robe of honor. You see, we have so many robes in the, in the Bible. The kind of the robe that Joseph had that had many colors, that was long and that was, had long sleeves, was more like the robes that the, the virgins, especially the king's daughters, wore. Now, when you read about the story of Tamar and, and Amnon, after Amnon raped Tamar, Tama tore that rope. It was like, this is something I can't do. I can't even replace it. What Anon has done to me, the honor that I was wearing, he saw my nakedness. So what's the use of keeping this rope? So she tore that rope. And so the Bible says, the kind that Joseph had, was like those of the, 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 the visions that the visions wore. And going back to the story of Mordecai and Esther that we read, that we read last week. Remember when Haman was, was still with the king and that night when he could not king, when the king could not sleep, when the king could not sleep, and he went through the, and he found this that one day Mordecai saved his life. When there were people who wanted, were planning to assassinate him. And he's asking himself, what good, what honor has been given to the man? And at that time, Haman is coming into the palace. And at the same time, he has prepared the gallows where, where Mordecai is going to be hung. And when the king asks, what can be done to the man whom the king wants to show honor? And Haman, assuming that the king was talking about him, he came up and told the king, let, <laughs> say, that shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. A, a royal robe which the king has worn. A horse on which the king has ridden. The man has to be arrayed by the king's noble prince. And by the way, Haman is the, king, the king's noble prince. And the king said to him, Naban, Haman, hurry. Leave nothing undone of what you have spoken. So Mordecai was clothed, was dressed with a robe of honor. With a kingly robe. It wasn't just a, a, a robe, but it was a robe of honor. Because the king was saying, what shall be done to the man of whom the king delights in honoring him? So Mordecai had that, that robe. Haman had to dress Mordecai. <laughs> I said this morning as we were talking about, about David and, and David and Saul that never wish any person evil 
never wish any person to die. Because the possibility is you will die before that person. Yes, Haman had prepared the gallows for Mordecai. But then on the very day that Mordecai is honored and dressed with a robe of honor, he was killed. So Haman died before Mordecai. Saul, who was chasing David for 13 years, desiring that David would die, he died before David. Judas, who was plotting that Jesus would die, died before Jesus. So never ever wish that somebody would die because the possibility is you will die first. Now let's go to this story. I'll be closing with this story. So, <laughs> the story of a prodigal son. And we'll see how all these affects us or how these has a significance in, in, in our lives as Christians. Or he who believes shall never be put to shame. The honor is for those who believe. Amen. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 15. I know you know the story, I guess. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Luke chapter 15. And we read verse 11. We'll just go down with it and then. There's a chapter where we read about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the, the lost son, or the prodigal, prodigal son. Okay. Um, I don't know where to, where to start, but let's, let's just go through it. Okay, verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. This is Jesus talking. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. In other words, I'm, I'm just thinking if, if, if he had all, all that he had, probably it was land, it was a, a, a livestock, it was, you know. So probably before he left, he sold everything. Because he wouldn't be chasing the cattle and, you know, and he's part of his land. So probably he exchanged it to money, right? And he took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in, in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out, eh? hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the paws that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. How's Allah? 
ke le fatshe le a beta lo ba khala di jotsa di kolo but when he came to himself there comes a time when you come to yourself yes you come a time when you come to your senses because look we are not we are not here on this earth for long especially as the days go but you know sometimes we we just become so what naive or ignorant or you know it's like when it's about a happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday so you have to come to yourself You have to come to your senses and look around and think, "Eh, hey, etso ba tswa ba phelele?" Saruri. Dikhakhe o tla di ja ye. Itla nna di. Huh? And we'll sing for you, don't you worry. It only happens once a year. But that once a year is a step towards But he came to himself when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread but perish here with hunger i perish here with hunger i will arise and go to my father and i will say to him father i've sinned against heaven and before you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son treat me as one of your hired servants and he arose and came to his father but while he was still a long way off his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him forget what the father does he saw him a long way off he felt compassion he ran he embraced he kissed he loved him regardless of how he was smelling he's been staying with the pigs he's been eating with the pigs but look at the love of the father right next verse thank you And the son said to him, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son." But the father said to his servant, "Before, look, he hasn't even finished. He had prepared a speech that when I get home, this is what I'm going to tell my father: that I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. Make me one of your servants." at least you know but before he could finish his speech the father the father said to the servants bring quickly bring quickly the best robe and put it on him it's like he's he's dishonored he is naked 
He's been away. He's been eating with pigs. The honor is gone. When I look at him as his father, I see nakedness. So don't delay. He says, hurry, quickly. Just like the king said to Haman, quickly, do it. Get that robe. Do exactly what you have just said. So the father can't wait even for him to finish his repentance speech. He says, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand. And shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat. And let us celebrate. I said, oh, are we done? For this, my son was dead. And he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. So we look at the story. And see yourself. Think of, think of yourself. You see, you might, you might have been righteous in your own standard. When I'm talking about eating with pigs. When we came to the Lord, we were at different standards, but the fact is we were sinners. You look at yourself and say, you know, but that was your own righteousness, which was, which is like a filthy wreck. And Isaiah says in Isaiah 61 that he, he clothes us with the, with the garment of righteousness. It is his righteousness that made us. So this son had gone away. But when you look at the father, the compassion of the father, the possibility is the father had been praying for him. You see, when is, when is my son coming? When is my son coming? And he becomes the first one to see his son when he comes. So he was praying with expectations that one day my son is going to come back. And he is a rich man who has servants. The son has just said, eh? I'm going to my father and tell me, you have so many servants and they are eating better than I do. And he has a man who had, that's why you, you could divide. It's not, it's not a, a poor man. Hmm? If he could divide his belongings to his sons and they were still living and he still had. So he was a rich man. But then for a rich man, an old man, Eh? to run when he sees his naked son. It was, it was not something that was usual. People could not, it, it was not a, a, in, the, in the what? It was not a conventional thing. Just like Zacchaeus when he saw Jesus eh? and ran. So here's a rich man who's running 
after a person who's smelly, who has been with the pigs, who's been away, who have dishonored the father by leaving, leaving his home. So the Bible says he had compassion. And family, as we came, God had compassion for us. Because of our sorrowful condition, when God looks at us like, yo, what's going to happen with this? He had compassion. And the father had compassion on his son. His father was patient enough to wait for his return. He was waiting for him to come to his senses. And so every time we preach here and make an altar call, we like people come to your senses. And sometimes it's preaching unto us, we who are born again, to say, let's live, let's live like, you know, come to your senses. Hallelujah. So God gives us opportunity, yet he does not force us to. This man didn't go out and look, no, no, no. When he said, I wanted what is mine, he gave him and said, it's okay. And so is God. God does not force us. He's just patient with us. And that's why we, we didn't get born again on the same day. Some 20 years ago, some 2 years ago, some 2 minutes ago, some, yet God is still patient. To say, come. I'm waiting for you. As long as you come to your senses and come home. That's what is important to him. God is more than ready to receive us. Just like this father was. More than ready to receive him. Regardless of what he had done. No matter why or how we get lost. <laughs> the father is ready to undignify himself and run to us and embrace and kiss us. Now there's joy, the Bible says, over the return of just one sinner. Now God loves you so much that even if it's you, just you coming back, look at how he loves you. When you come in, he says, quickly, let's do something for him. He who was lost is back home. And the Bible says this man called his servants, and said, quick, bring the best robe. Bring the ceremonial robe. This was a robe of honor given to guests. Bring that robe because my son is back. It's a robe of honor. Dress him with honor. So when you come to the Lord, he dresses you with honor. Your shame is taken away. Covered, covered, he's covered you. Covered you with his honor. The robe of honor. And he said, bring the ring. Ring is a sign of authority. Royal authority, royal priesthood. 
Put a ring back on his finger. Let him have authority as a son in the house. And we have been given authority. Authority over all powers of the enemy. He has given us authority over every power of the evil one. That's what happens when you come back home. Authority is restored back unto you. He puts a ring on you. A royal authority. Hallelujah. He said, put sandals on him. Now the slaves walked barefooted. Every slave. So because we downgrade it. Like a servant. That's not yet. And the father said, give him sandals. Now the sandals talked of him being free. He's a free man now. He's not a slave. He's not working like slaves. So when you come back to the Lord, he puts, he honors you and makes you a free man. No longer a slave, but a free a rope of honor, a ring of authority, and the sandals of freedom. And he says, kill the fattened calf. It wasn't just a calf. With rich men, they had these calves, that fattened calf that they prepare just in case a visitor shows up. So that was relevant for a guest. That's why when his brother complained, he said, I've been with you, yet you never gave me a little goat to share with my friends. So with him, it was not just a little goat. That was a, there was that special fattened calf which was spared for special occasions. Fattened for special occasions. Now, when you are in the house, when you are restored, when the robe is put upon you, when he has loved you and has dressed you and has honored you, do you think the enemy is happy about it? Not at all. Not at all. So he will do is either Satan himself or he will use even your brothers. It was Joseph's brothers who took who took off his robe of honor. And it was a robe of many colors. So either the devil would like to swell your robe or to cut its leaves and make you ordinary, like ordinary people wore sleeveless robes. So the enemy doesn't like it when he sees you in a robe of honor of many colors. He wants to cut your robe and make it knee length while God has designed a long robe for you. He wants to soil 
your robe so that the colors are dim. We don't see the bright colors of your robe. If perhaps it had buttons, I don't know. You want to take away the buttons of your robe. Cut the sleeves. Cut it short. There's the purpose of the enemy. He wants to kill. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy. He wants to take away your honor. And your honor can be taken by so many things. You see, when you are in the house, when God has honored you, when God has put a robe of honor, you've got to behave like you are an honored man. Like you are an honored woman. Keep your robe of many colors on. Now, many colors might mean a lot of things here. When God sees us coming, he's ready to receive us. eh? He comes with forgiveness. He comes with love. He comes with grace. He comes, there are just so many colors that you are given. You come in, he gives you joy unspeakable. There's another color. There's grace. There's love. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. There's provision. There's hope. So every your 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 robe is colored by so many things. And because the devil wants to kill, he to steal and to destroy can take away your joy, the color of joy. Takes the color of mercy. He takes the color of protection. He takes the color of, at the end of the day, you are in the house, yet you just look like a slave. You are wearing an ordinary tunic instead of a robe of honor. So God has loved you, child of God. He has loved you. He has dressed you. He has honored you. You are loved. You are well dressed. You are honored. You shall not be put to shame. The honor belongs to those who believe. If you believe, then the honor is yours. So you are honored this day. This is my message to you. As you walk around in this journey of Christianity, do not allow the enemy to undress you. You see, you see this term, it's like you became naked. There's nothing else that you can hide. Because and that's the intention of the enemy. And that is why then the psalmist says, I hide away inside my heart so I will not sin against you. So 
Don't allow the enemy to take your robe. Don't allow him to give. Because sometimes it's like, ah, marlaka katire, the long sleeves is still a robe. Ah, marlaka hile shop, hile ni hai, is still a robe. No, that's not the standard of your father. The honor belongs to those who believe. You shall not be put to shame. He wants you to put to shame and settle for less. To say like all others and ordinary, ordinary tunic is fine. No. You are losing your authority when you give away your rope. You are losing your honor when you give it away. So this is my plea to you as a child of God when the Bible says you are the salt of this earth, you are the light of this world. It's like showcase your robe of many colors. Let the world see these colors. What your father has given you. Let the world see it. But if it's just dull, if it's plain, what are we showing? The honor belongs to those who believe. It's time to clothe. If you had lost your robe, it's time to go back to your robe and put on the robe of your honor. The robe of honor. If you had allowed the enemy to cut your rope, it's time to go back and say, Satan, bring back what is mine. Bring back my robe of honor. So I don't know what the enemy has stolen. I don't know the kind of a robe that when you look at yourself, you say, hey, this color is gone. No, this color has gone dim. Or perhaps I'm left with one sleeve. Hey, this sleeve is gone. But something may not be right in the honor that the Father has given you. In the dress that the Father has given you. So as we close, I want you to look at your life and say, what is it that I've lost? Did I lose my color of joy? Did I lose my color of love? Did I lose my color of mercy? Did I lose my color? Did I lose my sleeve? Did I lose? What is it that am I still having that honor that the Father gave me? Or did I lose my sandals? Maybe that which the Lord has given, that which the Lord has bought for me. We read this morning about Mephibosheth from Lodiba. Maybe you have gone back to Lodiba. When the king had said, you will dine with me continually at my table. It's often, you know, I wonder when people backslide, when people go back to say, the king has called you to come and dine. Just like one of his sons, the same privileges, the same rights. The same protection. If Banaba the blue lights, there's the privilege that God has given you. 
Mephibosheth, said, you have come home. Sit at the table and enjoy. You have been given honor. Enjoy your honor. You have been dressed. You could not come before the king. Uncle Lodiba. Oh. He had to take a shower. First. Use everything that the prince is used. And come before the king. And sit at the table. And feast like a lion. Honor. This is what you got. When you got saved. There's a color of your deliverance. Color of safety. Color of health. I want us to go to the enemy's camp and take what is ours. Whatever you have lost. See, Satan, it's mine. It's my joy. I'm taking it back. It's my deliverance. I'm taking it back. It's my peace. I'm taking it back. Let's stand up on our feet. When you know you are loved, you are well dressed, you are honored. You shall not be put to shame. You shall not be naked because the honor belongs to those who believe. It's time to celebrate because we are honored. So I want you to come before the Lord. Whatever, if you realize I've lost my peace, I've lost my joy, I've lost my health, I've lost my deliverance, Lord, however where you have lost it, Lord, please forgive me. And then from there, turn to the enemy and tell the enemy, bring back. Bring that sleeve that you have taken. Bring that length of my robe of honor. Come, let's pray. Father, we have come just as we are before you. As a church, we have come, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, whatever we have lost, first, Lord, we are thankful for loving us so much, for dressing us, for honoring us, Lord. For we who believe are honored. For we who believe shall never be put to shame. And Father, we thank you for the celebration that you have brought in the house of God when we turn back unto you. And Lord, whatever we have lost this evening, we have come to say, oh Lord, forgive us. Father, for allowing ourselves to dress on ordinary tunics while you have a robe of honor for us. Lord, forgive us. And Father, we thank you even for the authority that you have given us. We thank you for the honor. We thank you for the authority. We thank you for the freedom that you have given us. And we thank you for that love, Lord. And whatever the enemy has taken, Lord, we look straight into his eyes with the authority that you have given us. And we say, you Satan, remove your dirty hands from our robe of honor. Remove your dirty hands from our robe of many colors. It is not yours. It's given by the Father. It's, give, it's given by a compassionate Father. It's given by the Father who embraced us and loved us. And therefore, you do not have any portion. You shall not partake on this robe in the name of Jesus. Remove your dirty hands from our lives 
in the name of Jesus. We belong to God and God alone. All that is ours belong to our God. And tonight we celebrate because we are dressed, because we are honored in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for preparing your church. For your coming soon. And you're coming for a church without spot and without wrinkle. And Father, I pray that as we as you prepare ourselves, that we'll be pliable in your hands, Lord, and embrace what you're saying. And help us to hear even what the Spirit is saying at this hour. Lord, that we'll be ready and ready for you. Help your church, oh God. We ask you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us during this episode. Join us next time, even as we continue to learn and grow with Apostle David Muluzi. Also, visit our website for more at cfcpolokwane.com. God richly bless you.